Good morning, everybody. Can you all hear me? Is it? There we go. Cool. <clears throat> right. So I'm totally blown away that this is the last Sunday of the year that we're getting together. This year has gone like a million miles for me, but at the same time, it's felt like a, an absolute lifetime, uh, just with everything that's happened, everything that's gone on. And um, it's really been an amazing year. So although it's felt like a lifetime, it's also felt like just barely a couple of months, um, just because it's gone like such a flash. Um, and this year has been amazing for me because I got saved this year. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's honestly so amazing to have truly experienced the, the encounter of being born again. It's not just something you say, it's something you experience. It's a whole, born again is a literal thing. We become a new person in Christ. So to have, have been, you know, growing up a little bit in the church, you know, in high school and stuff, I had no idea how real this really was which is why it was so easy for me to just fall away from it and want nothing to do with it for so long. Um, but truly experiencing the presence, the power, and the person of God is life-changing, full stop. You can't be the same once you've, once you've encountered Him. Um, so this year, because of that, has obviously been the most transforming year of my entire life. Um, if um, some of you knew me a few months ago, but if you knew me right in the beginning of the year, you would not recognize me, not just in appearance, um, but really just the person that I am today. And I owe everything, every part of me that is standing before you today, I totally owe that to God. So I just want to give him glory for that. Um, yeah, just a few months ago, it's, it's, it's such an honor for me just to be standing here not just speaking to all of you, but just in a church building because I was so far from it. So to be back and be planted into a family and to have gotten to do life with all of you this year and grow with you, I could never put into words how grateful I am for all of that. The term being saved really means so much to me because through my own life, what God has shown me through my own life and encounters with him, he's really shown me the depth of what that really means to be saved. So I'll, I'll forever be grateful to God all of that. So on top of experiencing the miracle of salvation this year, I've also had the incredible privilege of witnessing countless miracles this year, both in and through my life, in all different shapes and forms. Um, standing right here is a miracle, so I'm not just talking about healings and things like that, but just tons and tons and tons of miracles. And um, I really thought that when I first encountered God this year for real, I thought that just knowing Him alone would be more than enough. And it really, really, really is. Just knowing Him is all that we ever need. But in knowing Him and knowing who you are in Him enables us to be used by Him. And uh, I got to experience a lot of that this year. Um, just two testimonies that I thought I would, I would just have to share just to get things going. Some of you might already know this, but... Um, most of you do not. Um, so just two of them. Uh, one of my students a couple of weeks ago, um, I was actually busy sharing with him a testimony that happened to me, which I also don't think you guys know. A few weeks ago, the Lord helped my leg grow longer, my left leg. <laughs> my left leg was shorter than the right and it grew out. I have a video. It's amazing. Um, so I was busy sharing this with him and he was just getting totally blown away. You know, I showed him the video and he was like, what the heck? Like, how is this even possible? Um, and he's, he's experienced a lot 
with God, but still sometimes when you talk to people about miracles and the things that God can do, our intellectual brains can't comprehend the things of God, you know? Um, so while he's saying that to me, he says that despite everything that he's seen and everything that he hears, he still feels like miracles like that, like healings or whatever, he's, he felt that it wasn't for him. He felt that that wasn't what God wanted for him. Um, because he, 20 years ago, uh, he blew a disc in his back. He's a huge, 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 massive guy, super strong. He was deadlifting 220 kilograms. I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> so when you're holding that kind of weight, one slight movement that's wrong, and it's tickets. So he, he blew a disc in his lower back. So it's vertebra on vertebra. You can only imagine the kind of pain that's at, that he's in. So doctors obviously were like, dude, you need surgery. But he totally refused. So he's lived 20 years since then in chronic pain every single day um, because of not having a disc, uh, missing disc in his back. He describes it as either being really bad or really, really bad. There's never, ever a second where he's not physically in pain. And to live with that for 20 years, you can only imagine. So while he's explaining this to me, I literally physically felt this glow in my middle to lower back. Um, and I asked him, I was like, is it round about here? And he was like, yep, right there. Mid to lower back is where it blew. So I was like, dude, Jesus is going to heal you right now. Please, can I pray for you? Um, so I prayed for him. And uh, after I said amen and everything, he's like, cool, man. I'll, I'll let you know how it feels, you know, in the week and everything. And he carries on speaking for a couple of seconds and suddenly he just goes, oh, there it is. And he just feels this click in his back. And since then, he's been pain-free for the first time in 20 years. So Jesus gave him a brand new disc that day, like a creative miracle inside of him. It's, it's just amazing. So healing's obviously totally awesome, um, but I, what I've learned through this year is, is it's important to not always chase a, a physical manifestation um, rather than the in place of the person of God. Um, another one of my students' um, mom, um, I've been teaching them since the beginning of the year, and she has motor neuron disease, um, so she can't walk anymore. She's having to be fed through a tube, um, has a catheter, her hands are curling and everything. But honestly, throughout this year, she's one of the most joyful people that I know, despite all of, um, despite all of that going on. Um, she's been in and out of hospital this year alone more times than I could honestly count. She would keep me updated because of the, the lessons with her kid. And um, on the day that my leg grew out, um, I was blown away by that because it didn't cause me any pain. It wasn't a hindrance in my life, but God still decided to do that. And I was just totally wrecked, and I was like, Lord, I just want to take what you've given me and give it to somebody else. And he immediately dropped on my heart this woman that I should, that I should pray for her. So that same day, I actually was going there to, to teach her son. And uh, I got there, and I made sure to ask if I could chat to her afterwards. And she was like, yep, absolutely. This particular day, she looked morbidly depressed. Like normally, she's really jolly. She's full of life. And she was just down in the dumps this particular day. Um, so I, after the lesson, I went and sat down with her. I sat with her for about an hour, just actually asking her what was going on. Um, in my mind, I was just waiting for the opportunity to pray for this disease to leave her. I wanted to see a physical healing. But the Lord had completely other plans that day. For the first time in probably years, she just started pouring out everything that's happened in her life to me. And we've never had a proper conversation other than, are you, you know, is your son free for a lesson today? Can you make it? You know, like very basic kind of stuff. And she's just pouring out one thing after the next. And I think it was without doubt the first time in years that somebody took an opportunity to just listen to her. Um, really dark stuff, really, really dark stuff going on. And uh, 
So I said to her, I was sharing with her everything that's happened to me this year, just my testimony and, testimony and what God is able to do and what I believe he wants to do in her life. Um, so I start praying for her, and I'm going after the physical things. You know, I'm just you know, rebuking the disease, wanting to see a, a physical change in her body. And uh, halfway through the prayer, I just get this word in my heart about something from her past that she's been holding on to, that she's just put this guilt and, um, and condemnation on herself about. And she kept so strong throughout telling me all these things. And the moment that I actually said to her that I called out this word that I felt, she just broke. Um, she just started weeping. And I kind of steered the prayer in that direction, just breaking those chains of guilt and condemnation over her life and just declaring freeness into her. And I could never truly describe the life that came into her eyes that day. She may not have been physically healed, but she was emotionally set free because of Jesus. And that to me was far more powerful than seeing a physical, um, you know, healing and everything like that. So just two cool testimonies that I got to see this year. God is so good. Um, I know that for myself and every single person in this room, one way or another, this has been one of the toughest years um, that we've all been through. Um, we've all had challenges to face, whether it's been finances, uh, family, work, <clears throat> um, personal, spiritual journeys, whatever it is, we've all had some kind of challenge that we've had to face this year. And I think that one of the most valuable lessons that I learned from God this year is that whenever we face those difficult situations and challenges, we never, ever, ever have to fight them in our own strength. And ultimately, every single time we face those challenges, it's just an opportunity to dive deeper into the heart of God and come out closer to Him and stronger on the other side. That's why they're there. They're not for us to get stuck in and to, to just give us a bad day. It's for us to push through and see his light revealed on, on the other side. And um, I think one of my personal favorite examples of this in the Bible, if you guys do want to uh, follow with me, is in 1 Samuel chapter 30. So while you're paging there, just to give some context to the situation, um, Basically, David is being chased and pursued by Saul everywhere he's going. Um, he's getting found, and he's just trying to flee, save his life. Eventually, seeks refuge in the enemy, the, the Philistines actually, finds favor with a the guy there. And just as they're actually about to go out to war together, so David with the Philistines against the Israelites, um, the Philistines are like, no ways. This guy was an Israelite. He can't come out to the battle with us. Just now he turns against us and we just lose, so he's got to stay behind. So this is now as they've just been rejected and David's now coming back to where they've been staying. So from verse 1, forgive me for any mispronunciations here. <laughs> um, Old Testament is really fun <laughs> reading all these things. Okay, from verse 1, it says, Now when David and his men came to, how do you say that, Ziklag? Ziklag, on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev, uh, and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burnt it with fire and taken captive the woman and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burnt with fire and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. 
Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Wow. I don't know about you, but when I read stuff like that, I find the Holy Spirit has this beautiful way of breathing life onto Scripture to help us realize that sometimes we don't always have it that bad. Um, and not in a way like, come on, look, there's way worse situations. It's not this like harsh, get over yourself, cheer up kind of a thing. It's this gentle thing like, look, look at these stories, look at what people have gone through, and look at what I did for them. Do you not think that I could do the same thing for you? I'm the God of transformation. I, I thrive in the impossible. I'm fantastic at turning a situation completely around, complete 180 like you would never have expected. Um, and I just love David's response in all of this. So they've just come back. Every single thing that they own, their houses and everything has been totally burned to the ground and their entire families, all of their wives, all of their sons, all of their daughters are gone. It says there that they hadn't been killed, but they didn't know that at the time. They just got there, saw everything on fire, and they were gone. So they were like, you can only imagine, try to put yourself in David's shoes and all of those people's shoes in the, in the moment and think, what the heck is happening? Everything is lost. I don't know where my wife, where my kids are. Um, and obviously they weep, and on top of that, um, the people spoke of stoning him because they were all bitter in soul. So on top of all of that, now everyone wants to kill you. Not that you had anything to do with it, but so you can only imagine what's going on here. But I love David's response in all of this, despite having absolutely no clue what has happened, what could be happening, or what will happen to his family if they even are still alive. His response is so inspirational and has been such a, it's so powerful. Listen here. So he says, because, um, the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and his daughters. But watch this. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. After all of that, he just goes directly to God, his place of strength, his refuge, his shelter, his home, regardless of the situation. He's not going, oh my word, what am I going to do? I need to run around and try to make a plan. I need to go look for them. He goes, I have no idea what's happening right now. This is probably the worst thing that could have ever happened to me, especially because I don't even know what's the depth of what's happened. Everybody wants to kill me, but I need to go find my strength in God because that's the only place that I'm going to find it. That particular verse, um, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, in the, uh, in the Amplified it says, but David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. And I love that because he didn't just go and get strength to be able to carry on another couple days. He was also encouraged that regardless of the outcome of the circumstance, God is still king. God is still faithful. He still provides. He still loves regardless of the natural um, circumstances that we may be facing. And um, I really think the key with all of that is in the wording. So it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And to me, this is, this is everything. Um, this is about relationship with God. It's not just about knowing the, the theology. You can know your Bible backwards. The Pharisees did, and they still couldn't recognize Jesus right in front of them. It's about knowing the person of God. It's being one with him. Not just, you know, speaking as if he's this guy in the sky. You know, we, we sometimes, in a situation like this, you get taught, speak positively, speak life into the situation, but it's going to be very difficult to believe the own words that come out of your mouth if you don't have a relationship with God in the first place. 
So what I wanna emphasize here is David's relationship with the Lord. He didn't just have theology about the Lord or just go, oh no, God is good, God is good, something good is gonna come out of this, it's gonna turn around. He knew that because he went to the Lord and found strength and encouragement in the Lord, regardless of what was gonna happen after that. <clears throat> David gives us other keys um, to finding strength in the Lord in the book of Psalms as well. This is one of my favorites. Um, Psalm 81 verse one in the Passion translation says, Lord, just singing about you makes me strong. So I'll keep shouting for joy to Jacob's God, my champion. Just singing about you makes me strong. I don't know about you, but I've, I've experienced that for real. Um, you can be having the worst day ever, you know, whatever could be happening, just trying to squeeze you, just having a bad day. And somehow, by his divine miraculous power, literally just singing to him and about him, I've, I've personally physically felt like a weight lift off in that moment. Nothing in, my, in the situation actually changes in that moment, but just choosing to worship him regardless and sing to him, it just brings this beautiful freedom. And it's in the Bible, which is, it's true. <laughs> um, and I love that. So through all of that, one of my favorite things that the Lord said to me, because um, I would experience this and be like, Lord, how, how is this happening? Like nothing's changed, but I'm, I'm finding such joy just choosing to worship you. And he said to me, and I love the wording that I felt on my heart. He said, your song of praise will always be louder than the noise of your circumstance. And I love the distinguishing, the distinguishing that he made there, the song of praise versus the noise of circumstance. It's just so beautiful that just singing to him, not even addressing the situation, we don't have to. I think sometimes we give the natural far too much attention than what it needs. But just singing to him about his goodness and his faithfulness, a byproduct of that gives us strength, which I think is absolutely amazing. So ultimately, the key and what I'm wanting to talk about in all of this is that the keys to pushing through all of this is, is worship and spending time resting in the presence of God, um, which is where I'm heading with all of this, all right? So in Matthew 11, verse 28, we all know this scripture really well, especially when we're having a bad day. <laughs> um, and I love the wording in the Passion because it really tied together and, oh, man, there's just no hidden message. It's just so clear. It's right there. <clears throat> In the Passion, it says, um, this is Jesus speaking, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. Man. So often we try to find various ways of rest however we can, whether it's watching movies or series, sleeping in in the morning, having a cheeky glass of wine, um, <laughs> going out with friends, whatever it is. Um, I'm not saying that any of those things are, are, are things that Jesus doesn't want us to do, but what I'm, the point that I'm trying to get across is that, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to get across is that he doesn't want to be excluded or ignored in the process. Um, so he wants to spend all of his time with us, all of his time with us, and he wants us to spend all of our time with him. Even if we're doing other things, we've got to try and separate the fact that 
of course, spending time one-on-one in the secret places with God is important, but like we were talking about the other day, you're always one-on-one with God. You're a living temple. His presence literally lives inside of you. So wherever you go, wherever you are, it's not like you can only speak to Him when you're alone. You can speak to Him 24-7, 365, okay? Um, We experience this feeling of rest and refreshment here at church. And I guess what I'm trying to wrestle a little bit with here is too often we end up struggling the whole week just trying to get by, living for Sunday so that we can come here and experience a level of rest uh, rest and refreshment. And we do get that, regardless of whether we've spent time with God in the week or not. But the point that I'm trying to get across here and that I feel like he wants everybody to know so deeply is that rest and refreshment is for you every single day. Every day. It's not a Sunday church gathering thing that you experience that refreshment. He wants it for you every single day. In his wording right there, um, oh, sorry. He says, You will find refreshment and rest in me. Come to me, I will refresh your life. Simply join your life with me. It's again that key coming in. It's that unity that he wants with us. He wants to be so intimate with us that the natural response to that is to just constantly feel um, rest and, and refreshment. So I just feel that, that yearning from the Lord that although we're entering into this time, we're already in the time of this festive season, the time of rest, unwinding, um, to not neglect him in the process, to not ignore him, to not... I'm not saying don't go on holiday and don't relax, but I'm just saying don't ignore him or exclude him in the process. Press in to be continuously aware of him because he's always there with you. Um, A a beautiful thing that he's taught me, I know that every single one of us have experienced this and felt this at some point where we feel like we're distant from God or like he's far away. And it breaks my heart when people say that, and I know I've said it too, but it's such a, a deception because he lives inside of you. So how could we ever be distant from him? He doesn't come and go, he's there to stay. Um, and I just feel this like yearning to develop that relationship with him, um, to experience the kind of refreshment, that supernatural refreshment. It's not like sleeping in in the morning, you know. Jesus gives a supernatural refreshment, a supernatural rest, and an encouragement to be able to keep going forward regardless of whatever circumstances we may be facing in the natural. Um, so because we always look for something to unwind, when I was unpacking all of this a while ago, actually, I felt him say to me, there's many things that you can do to unwind, but one look at me and you'll be undone. And in the natural, whenever we try to do these things to rest and get away from even church sometimes, that unwinding is immediately wound up again as soon as we're back in whatever circumstance we're in, whether it's work or whatever. It doesn't just, you don't unwind and then that's, that's it, you're done, now you're relaxed. As soon as you're back in that situation, you just tense up again. But with Jesus, when you spend time in his presence, even routine fades away. So even if you're doing the same old job every single day, every day feels fresh and new because every day he is fresh and new. And he gives you that refreshment and that rest every single day, regardless of what it is that you're going through. So what I want to land with um, is something that the Lord said to me a few weeks ago. I was 
struggling with wanting in my own strength to be more, a lot more proactive in certain areas and I, in, just in myself, not because of any pressure or especially not anything from God. It was in myself. I just was feeling this unhealthy need to want to do more. Um, what do we say? Trying to, trying to be a son instead of just being a son. And um, what he took me through, he said to me, because I know that for us, sometimes carving out that time and just sitting on our knees one-on-one with the Lord, some people find that to be quite ineffective with their time because you could be doing so much more with your time. Why we think that, I don't even know. But what he said to me is spending time, spending your time in my word and my presence is not lazy or ineffective. It's the most fruitful thing you could ever do. And I love that so much. It, it's such a simple thing, but it was so encouraging for me because sometimes we try, to, we try to do instead of just trying to be. Sometimes we're, we're so caught up in trying to find rest or we're trying to do something to be a better person when Jesus is just saying, come to me, join your life with me, live in intimacy with me, and I will take care of the rest. You won't have to do it in your own strength. You'll be encouraged through the process regardless of what happens. And I will never be away from you. So I just want to encourage everybody. He loves all of us so, so, so much. So much. And he just wants to spend time with us so badly. So this holidays, don't, don't resist him. Don't try resting your own strength because you're just gonna be all wound up again. Just look at his face and be undone as we walk into a new year. Thank you so much for listening to me in my heart. Thank you. Amen. So shall we stand? How many of us know that... uh, we, for those that have uh, been visiting a few malls and shops and stuff, uh, it's very exciting out there. People are very active and uh, passionate about buying things and doing other things. And uh, it's so easy to lose your rest because often our rest is based on circumstances or situations. Amen. But rest is found in Christ. He, all Jesus said is come to me. And then he says, I'll give it to you. So if you want rest, you just come to him. So how many of us want rest? We want to finish off the year in rest so that we start the new year completely relaxed and ready and ready to go for it and to run. So if that's you, then I want us just to lift up our hands and I want Damien to pray over every single one of us and just release, just to encourage every single one of you. As you find a revelation in God, it's the perfect opportunity to release that over others because if you've got something, then you can, you have the authority and the power now because you have the revelation of it to release it on others. And he's got a, a revelation in this area and we want it. And so, yeah, just pray over us, just release it over us. So, Lord, we just thank you right now for your beautiful presence here, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that all you ask for us to do is to come to you. And that a part of that, you've attached so many promises that we don't even have to strive for, Lord. Lord, I just pray 
that right now over every single person's heart here, Lord, that you would just put an unquenchable fire in all of their hearts right now, Lord, that just burns for more of you, Jesus. That no matter what we're doing, whether we're with family, with friends, alone at home, out at the shops, whatever it is, Lord, I just thank you that right now there would be such an increase of your awareness in every single one of us, Lord. That, Lord, that fire in our hearts would just burn so brightly that we can't help but press into your presence. And thank you that in that place we find our rest. We find refreshment. Jesus, I just thank you so much for your love that you have for every single one of us. Lord, right now we just run to you with open arms, Lord. We run into your loving embrace. And we thank you that in that place we find strength and encouragement, Lord. And most importantly, we find you and your love and your presence. Thank you, Lord, that every single one of us will deepen our relationship with you, Lord, every single day. Lord, I thank you that your love would just be so lavishly poured out over every single one of us, Lord. Let the revelation of how deeply you love us and want to be with us be imparted into every one of our hearts this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. We love you so much, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen.